This is the B-Cast. Uh, joining me this week is our one and only Jeff. Um, Mal is sick with the flu this week, so she was not able to join us tonight. Um, but, you know, we've got Jeff here, so hopefully we'll do a good show for you. And obviously, we just finished watching Hack the Planet. Yeah, no, <laughs> Hackers, actually. <laughs> Hackers, such a good film. Um, so, yeah, uh, Hackers... It's a great little movie. It's about hackers. Um, it was introduced to me by Brian with a Y, one of our few listeners, um, several years ago, and it was it was my introduction to the mu- the movie itself, which was amazing. But it also introduced me to techno music, <laughs> which soon you know later on became a big part of my life. Um, and it's interesting. It, it's like especially endearing to me. Um, and we've not really mentioned this too much, if at all, on the show, but myself, Jeff here, and Mal all actually work in the IT field. <laughs> so. It's our movie. It, it really is. It hits close to home. Uh, you know, it's it's something that we think about. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we all think about hackers all the time. Well, it's uh, it's Jeff's favorite, well, second, second favorite, favorite movie. movie. Second favorite. Um, having lived with him for about two and a half years now, I can attest that it is oftentimes just playing in the background in the apartment, um, and I can't complain about it one bit, because it's an amazing movie. So, you know, here's the biggest question. D- does it count as a B-movie? Uh, I want to say yes, just because, I mean, it, whereas it did, it it had a fairly cult following, mm-hmm. it just, it, it reeks of B-movie awesomeness. See, I think that it does, and I've thought about this a lot since I mentioned it to you, I think, late Friday night, Saturday morning, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it count, whether or not it counts, and it, I, I think there are certain things that make it specifically, like, more so a B-movie than anything else, and let, let's let's just go with, if for no other reason, the, the fact that it's very dated, this movie came out in 1995, and all the technological specs that they mention by name are ridiculous. Yes, yes. Uh, there, there's a scene where a young man gets excited about a 28.8 BPS modem, which is just for, laughable. For those of you playing along at home, comparing to a computer that you would have gotten maybe when they first came out, you're looking at a 56K modem. So this is half of that, and mm-hmm. it's exciting. Um, but, you know... So yeah, it, it gets dated with its uh, its specifics and technology. And then there's just other silliness, which is uh, every laptop, and they're almost all laptops. There's not a, there's only a couple of desktops, and they're like IBM business machines, like the clunky, mm-hmm. nasty stuff that businesses don't even really use anymore. Right. Um, every single personal computer, which is a laptop, has this amazing display that will. Reflect. It doesn't reflect. It projects onto your face. Yeah, it's it's a projector screen, and I mean, I really want to get my hands on one of these because you know when I'm looking at porn, I want Mike to be able to see it reflected on my face. Right, right. It, it's been like uh, since 
since we started watching this movie all so many years ago, we, uh, we joked, I've been joking about, like, just getting, like, tan lines of, like, a cartoon character or a porn <laughs> movie or something that's been projected onto my screen, uh, projected from my screen onto my face so hardcore that... <laughs> you know, it's funny you mention, I, I would shudder to think what would be stuck on my face, like, like a burn-in from what I watch. I don't know. I would have to... <laughs> I would have to remind everybody that every film that I watch is legal in the film in the <laughs> countries that they were filmed in. Yeah, I'd come in, and uh, everybody would be like, "Why is there a picture of a giraffe getting blown on your face?" A, a giraffe <laughs> is a beautiful animal. That, or you played too much Resident <laughs> Evil Six. Or if you're like me, you fall asleep on the title screen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, so there is the projector screens, and I think one of the biggest things of it is just the way that they try to portray hackers. Now, I don't know that I've honestly met a lot of hackers, but my guess, uh, my guess is that the hackers that you do run into in real life are not like these sexy kids that are hanging out at clubs, uh, you know, having house parties, I mean, they're the kind of people that hide themselves in a basement. Or or yeah. just in their house all the time. They don't have a tan. They've got those big old 80s glasses. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe not exactly like that. A current day hacker probably could be okay. But in this movie, the hackers are like the cool kids. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the prevalent culture is just this tech culture. If you're not part of the tech crew, you're not part of anything. Which yeah. I find hilarious so I mean you know we I've thought about it a decent deal and the, uh, the the final word in my mind is yeah I think it does count as a B movie it's kind of it's kind of got its own little cult following these days and and it, it does have just so much of the I guess exploitable content um, but that being said it's it's just a classic man like mm -hmm. like I said uh, our friend Brian showed it to me and this was like it was, like, in the mid-90s. I fell in love then and just kept watching it over and over and over again for years. And I know you're the same way. I mean, how did Absolutely. you first run across the movie? Um, I remember I, I remember you watching a piece of it, and I came over, like I frequently did. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I fell in love right off the bat. And interestingly enough, when I used to stay with you all the time, when you would head off to bed and I stayed up, I would nine times out of ten throw hackers in and just put it on, put it on and watch it. So yeah, it, I was introduced by you, <laughs> okay. and quickly became addicted. You know, growing up, I had a movie that I did that with too. It wasn't Hackers; it was Richie Rich. Really, Richie Rich. Um, Interesting. I, well, I mean, I just I don't know what it was. I would stay up all night watching Cinemax and HBO, watching like little bits of horror movies, mm -hmm. or just like sleazy Skinamax type movies. Basically, I would, excuse me, I'd stay up all night in the summer for the chance to see some boobs. Right, no. That's understandable. And so from doing that, I'd watch all these, like, just, you know, kind of ridiculous sex dramas or horror movies and all this kind of stuff, and I'd be up all night. And at the end of the night, it's like, all right, I need to go to bed. And so I just wanted something that was like a palate cleanser. And so for me, that was Richie Rich. It was just yeah. like... <laughs> oh, I get you, I get you. I don't know what it was I loved about that movie. I think there's like there's the cool mechanical bee. There's the smell of the the, the dynamite smelling thing. I, 
I just thought it was like neat te technology crap and. Hey man, it had the chef from uh, Ernest uh, Goes to Camp in there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he played the inventor. Um, so yeah, it just like I would watch that every night, and so yeah, it sounds like he did a similar thing with Hackers. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was <laughs> yeah. a much better movie. That was my wind down. <laughs> that was my wind down. Um, I remember. Uh, I just, I remember I've watched that movie so many times. It was on Netflix for a while, and holy shit, I must have logged maybe 30 to 40 viewings of it. Um, yeah, I remember uh, you when you were living at, uh, you were still living at home for a while, you would have like two screens in your room <laughs> at all times, and you would be playing some kind of video game on one, and the other one would either be playing Hackers or The Matrix. Yeah, that was good times. That was good times. <laughs> um, and that's just, it's amazing stuff. Um, I'd like to think that those two movies could mash together. <laughs> like, you could have Johnny Lee Miller hacking the, uh, hacking the Matrix and Keanu Reeves <laughs> fighting back against it. You know, another interesting subplot of, uh, Hackers that most people don't notice is it's the first time that Angelina Jolie started marrying her co-stars. Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah, her and Johnny Lee Miller were briefly married. Um, this was before the Billy Bob craziness with the blood, with the vials of blood around their necks, yeah. but yeah, this was the first movie where she married a co-star. You know, I can support that. You, you get a lot of that in Hollywood. I don't know, like, it's frust. it's kind of ridiculous to me, like, cause you always run into that, like, uh, the one that I always remember is the, uh, is Jim Carrey married the girl from, uh. Dumb and Dumber, the the female of interest. Lauren in Holly. Yeah, Lauren Holly. I'm pretty Holly? sure he he married uh, her mm -hmm. at one point. And I know um, Ben Stiller married the girl uh, from Zoolander. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's his wife. I can't remember her name. I wanted to seem like a badass, but I just can't think of it. I mean, you already something Silt Stiller. <laughs> you, you already know better than me. I mean, honestly, Johnny Lee Miller or something. <laughs> I didn't know that name. I was going to call him Dade Murphy the entire show. As he should be. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, I mean, that was always a weird, like, Hollywood thing, and, and it was interesting to know that she's married to him, because, I mean, I don't know, that seems like the most wholesome marriage she's ever had. Right, right. I mean, not not for nothing, Billy Bob Thornton is actually a pretty good actor, and I like him, but that just, you know, he's, what, 20 years older than her? Right, right. And, like, just creepy. That's just a weird match. I mean, just to let this sink in further, let's stop and think about Angelina Jolie busting onto the scene. I remember her at um, some award show. She took a lot of grief because she was there with an attractive man she was hanging all over, mm -hmm. which later turned out to be a cousin or oh, yeah. some some family member. And I mean, just since then, she's of course exploded. Yeah. Um, she's always had an interesting path. I mean, like hackers, I like it was it was from her earlier era where she wasn't quite so big. Yeah. Um. I rem from this period, I remember hackers and uh, Foxfire. Did you ever see Foxfire? I did see Foxfire. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No. No. Yeah. I was just gonna say an interesting postscript to Foxfire for all you video game nerds out there. Um, Hetty Burgess, I believe her name is, did the uh, voice acting for Yuna. Okay. And in Fire and Foxfire, she appears topless. So if you ever want to see Yuna topless, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Angelina Jolie is also topless in both Hackers and Foxfire. Um, 
a, a, a little, also a little sub-note, is that how many times have you accidentally called that movie Firefox? <laughs> I, I, I almost did right there, as you heard. <laughs> it, it's on tape. Uh, it's, look, listen to me, it's on tape. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a common mistake to make. Firefox, Sly Fox, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's foxes everywhere. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was this whole era, era for Angelina Jolie, which I cared for, I think, like, where she had the short hair, and she wasn't quite so crazy. Like, I don't know what it is with her anymore. She's adapt adopting African children. She's, uh, <laughs> I mean, she was Laura Croft, but I don't, I honestly don't know if I like her as Laura Croft. Yeah. <laughs> I found it funny that after the first Tomb Raider movie, mm-hmm. they took out her two co-stars, <laughs> which were her right and left breast. Uh, they, uh, she refused to continue to be enhanced. Oh, yeah? Because I don't know if anybody knows it or not, but in the movie, if they didn't digitally make her bust bigger, they put something in there. <laughs> because Laura Croft is, of course, incredibly busty. Of a higher cup size than <clears throat> Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Um, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about Angelina Jolie, but she's barely the star of this film. I mean, she's oh, yeah. she's the main love interest, so she she bears mentioning. But I mean, the, all right, the whole story for anybody who has made enough poor life decisions to have not seen Hackers at this point. Yeah. Um, we have it focuses around a a young hacker named uh, Dade Murphy. His uh, his alias. Originally was zero cool. Um, the movie opens on a house getting raided by the police, and we go to this trial, and it's for a hacker named Zero Cool who uh, shut down. What was it fifteen hundred and seven? I, I knew you'd know fifteen hundred and seven <laughs> computer systems uh, nationwide with a virus that he wrote. And you know, at the trial, it pans down, and it is an eleven-year-old boy with an amazing spiked haircut. Yes, he's rocking <laughs> some very hardcore spikes. Um, and so the, he is—he uh, is forbidden to own a computer a, or a touchtone phone until his eighteenth birthday. Which you know, back in the eighties and early nineties, that had to be hell. Everywhere you called, it was like. Make sure you call from a touch-tone phone. Even I know. if you called Pizza Hut, because you had to press the buttons to figure out what you wanted. Oh, man. Well, to, I mean, to this very day, if you ever have to use an actual phone system, it's always going to be touch-tone. Mm-hmm. Which you can fake, as they do later in this movie, with, like, doing the little tapping the hang-up thing, if you've got a physical old phone. Right, a little bit of freaking. But you can't you can't even do that now with, like, a cell phone. But nope. Of course, there's no such thing as a rotary cell phone, so <laughs> I guess that's kind of a stupid comment to make. <laughs> I think Apple's working on that add-on, aren't they? You can slap it onto your iPhone, turn it into a rotary phone. Well, you know, because the uh, the whole touchscreen thing is just getting a bit too... Right, it's a little too mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's <laughs> gonna, gotta go retro with some rotary iPhone action. But, uh, yeah, no, um... So, yeah, the, he can't have a computer or a touchtone phone until his 18th birthday. So we skip past that entire boring part, <laughs> and, uh, we see him flying to New York on his 18th birthday. Yes. And, uh... We have a very cool transition. The city landscape. We're viewing it as if we're looking down from the plane. Mm-hmm. Slowly transitions into a computer board. 
and I mean, it's it's a pretty cool effect, honestly. I bet for the time it was really amazing. Yeah. But as you look at it, you're just like, Jesus, what kind of capacitors are those? <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a capacitor that was higher than maybe, you know, an inch and a half, <laughs> but these look to be about five, six inches. And, and that continues to be a theme throughout the entire movie. Uh, the, uh, the freakish proportions of the way they try to portray computers... Um, but, yeah, so, uh, we don't necessarily have to account for all details in this, but... Yes, absolutely. Uh, suffice it to say, he comes to New York, it's his 18th birthday, he's, he, uh, he christens it by trying to hack into a local television station, uh, OTV, to play some Outer Limits episodes. Yes. You know, nothing wrong with that. And while he's hacking it, he <laughs> runs into another hacker... Somehow, who's like upset that he turned off her racist TV shows? <laughs> um, like he, yeah, the the channel was playing some kind of infomercial about this guy. He's like, ah, oh, these Native Americans and so-called Latinos, <laughs> talking about how they were like inferior stock or something. Yes, yes. And Such you know, it's it's a ridiculous something to have there, but. But what were, what happens when the the hacker girl is like, "Hey, you're on my turf," you, you're forced to realize that she was trying to watch that. She was enjoying her show, and he <laughs> interrupted it. Um, but yeah, he goes to high school. He meets a group of hackers, and well, I guess technically though, um, I can't think of his name for the life of me. But the Phantom Freak, he's a freaker. Yeah, I, I guess we could consider him a real life hacker, but in the traditional sense. True. They're, it's a different format. That's more dealing with computer systems, and, or not computer, phone systems. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of the hacking at the period of this movie had to do some, some uh, to some extent with freaking, because it's not like, like you know, they're freaked about a twenty-eight eight modem. <laughs> yeah. Like this is this is pre fifty-six k. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah. But. So yeah, he he. He goes to this high school completely and totally overrun with hackers, for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, unbelievably so. And, and, and the whole thing, like, you know, the general thing that happens is one of them hacks into the wrong system, um, he deals with the wrong person, and they start getting, uh, getting blamed for this computer virus that is going to, like, turn over some oil tankers, and they have to fight against their accuser and prove that they didn't do it and expose him. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, yes. it's the plot. Um, but, I mean, and we touched on this a little bit, but we're talking, every, like, everybody at this high school is like a hacker. They're all just, you know, beautiful people. They, oh, they yeah. party, they have sex. High-end, posh, New York school. Yeah, yeah, and, like, you know... Hackers, like I, I, I think I might be oversimplifying it sometimes, but I just imagine overweight nerds with like sight problems and, you know, trouble dealing with people. I mean, I mean, I know these people. I am these people. I have, uh, you know, semi crippling social anxiety that I deal with. You know, I, I'm not hitting up nightclubs or anything like that. I'm not saying I'm a hacker. I am. A computer enthusiast, and I work in the IT department. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. We, we, that's definitely the prevailing thought process on hackers. Is they're this kind of, I mean, 
it's funny because we put them in this level, and I mean, if you look at if you look at some of the greats, it, it, which you can do an easy Wikipedia search of, they're all they're all actually kind of normal looking dudes, thin, mm-hmm. kind of you know unassuming. But for the most part, when you see a guy on a computer, you want to think that he's just some overweight, balding, lonely guy that's just like, "Hi, hey, stab at thee! So. Um, but yeah, so, um, so all craziness aside, amazing techno soundtrack. It is uh, one of the earlier films with uh, Matthew Lillard. Yes, Matthew Lillard, very, very, very talented actor. Yep, yep, um... You know, if you know him from anywhere else, there's many different places you can look. Uh, I first saw him in the original Scream. Yes. He does well in there. Um, he kind of comes in his own in uh, SLC Punk. Excellent uh, movie. Excellent you know, movie. You know, even if you're not into punk, it's it's just this amazing movie. Um, based on a comic series, I, I believe, actually. Hmm. One that I have not seen in person. I'll have to check that out at some point, actually, but... It does impart the knowledge upon you that only posers die. <laughs> That's right. So, so, um, so if everybody would just stop fucking posing, then we wouldn't have to worry about <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't scream that. Uh, um, it, sadly, a lot of people will recognize him as Shaggy from the Scooby Doo movies. <laughs> um, not not that that's necessarily a bad role, but he uh, with stuff like Hackers, SLC Punk, and Scream yeah, on his resume. Better. There's better works to recognize him for. Yeah, he deserves more for that. Um, and then there is Dade Murphy. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller, and um, he has been on some other things. Uh, he had a show called... He played a lawyer, I don't remember. Uh, interestingly enough, there's a very good movie with him, with uh, Robert Carlyle, mm-hmm. who uh, played in Train Spotting and movies of that era. Yeah. Or type. Um, English actor, very talented. It's called Plunkett and McLean. Yeah. He is a... They're basically two... um, I think they're like 17th, 18th century con men. Very interesting movie. Definitely worth checking out. So, I mean, yeah. Johnny Johnny Miller does have a pretty pretty wide little background. Um, I don't think he ever reached any huge commercial success, though. I think um, I think it was Seth that was telling me earlier today that he's currently playing Sherlock in the TV series. Is that him? is he? I don't know. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend's mom actually watches that show. She oh, she'd be the one to answer that question. Let's bust out some IMDb while we're at Uh-oh. it. I think it is. Shameless plug. IMDb for all your movie fact-finding needs. <laughs> Anybody that listens to this podcast knows we spend entirely too much time on IMDb, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my friend Seth had said that Johnny Lee Miller is now... Oh my gosh, it is him. He's English in it. He's in Dark Shadows, of all things. He's in Train Spotting. Oh, that's right, he is in Train Spotting. And yeah, he's uh, he plays... Sherlock. He's, uh, Morgan Fairchild in Aeon Flux, I remember. Yeah. Uh, he's in the Sherlock Holmes show now. He plays Sherlock. Morgan Fairchild. Was that the, uh, was that her, her, um... Oh, no, it's Orrin Goodchild. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think it was her... Like, the love interest from the cartoon? Yeah, the on-again, off-again. Right. Half love interest, half, you know... 
opposing force. God, I'm bad with words right now. <laughs> the lawyer show I was talking about back in the day, uh, I was trying to remember, it was uh, Eli Stone. Huh. Um, it's an interesting story. He's had like a stroke or something, and so he starts seeing things. Um, but they tend to help him with his case. Interesting. Um, yeah, he, it's an interesting show, but... He played a, a character named Jordan Chase and Dexter? Huh. I don't quite remember. I think I do a little bit, actually, but... Anyways, he's been in a lot of things. Uh, then there's, uh, there's Joey. Yes. Jesse Bradford. Jesse Bradford. Who, um... Who, uh... The only thing I've seen him in since has been I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. I believe he was also in Clockstoppers. I believe it was called the Nickelodeon movie. Uh, quite about, possibly. About time travel, or not time travel, but being able to freeze time. Um, yeah, Clockstoppers, 2002. Yes. He, I, he also plays a love interest in Bring It On. Because I know that anybody that's a fan of this show loved <laughs> them some Bring It On. You know, it's actually not that bad of a movie. I wanted to hate it, but in many instances... <laughs> I should have known, Mike. No, in many instances, dating women has got me watching movies that I never wanted to. And, you know, sometimes I just can't... Oh, let's not forget Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. Uh, not, no, other than The Play. <laughs> the Play. <laughs> he is the main antagonist. Yeah, um... Yeah, he, he, uh, he's this kind of douchebag hacker that got on as a security agent, and he is the one that is pointing the finger at all of our hacker friends. And Now, you guys will know him if you've ever seen one of the most excellent movies of all time, Short Circuit. Yes, yes. Excellent movie. We all remember Johnny Five, <laughs> but uh, the bumbling Indian scientist with the very, uh, the very uh, racial... Accent is uh, none other than Fisher Stevens, Mister the Plague. Ben Javiri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's him. I also just went past this, but I saw he he's in what is it? What is Super Mario Brothers the movie as somebody named Iggy? Interesting. I, so I, um, I think if you browse on there, you might see that he was also in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think that's quite possible. Uh, Frazier, do do do. He's in Daria. Is it college yet? Uh, Faith on the couch, factotum. It is. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Lyle Corman. Um, so yeah, he's he's been around. Um, but yeah, he's he's amazing in this film specifically. Yes, very much so. Let's see here. Let's look at uh, we got Nikon here. Let's see what Nikon's been up to. Lord Nikon, Paul Cook. Oh, he was in The Crow. Interesting. Uh, who, he plays... Uh, First guy killed. Uh, yeah, I think he plays the fun boy in The Crow. Forgot all about that. Um, not that that matters much. Uh, we got off subject. God, this does not work as well as it does in a PC. <laughs> But, yeah, um... And, uh, to jump back to Jesse Bradford for just a moment, if, uh, any of the listeners out there would, uh, would like to find a nice, enjoyable little piece of dialogue, even if you don't want to see all of, uh, I hope they serve beer in hell, 
Jesse Bradford's pancake witch speech <laughs> is one of the best things I've ever heard. Yeah, it is. Um, every like Jesse Bradford's everything in that movie is terribly misogynist. So like I'll warn that right now. But every last bit of it is hilarious, and that whole movie is worth watching. You know, you may hate me for recommending it, but you know. Based on the popular uh, uh, Tucker Max. Tucker Max book by the same name. Let's see what the freak has done. Not a whole lot. Dangerous Minds, Con Air, Daylight. This guy's got a. got a rap sheet here. <laughs> Touched by an Angel. <laughs> My grandma used to watch that show. All, all I can see when I look at Touched by an Angel is. Show us on the doll where the angel touched you. <laughs> you don't have to hurt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um... Oh, man. I, I, it's hard to explain if you don't watch it all the time. It's, it's a period piece. Every piece of, like, computer knowledge they drop is just so out of date and somewhat wrong. And If you, uh... <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no replacing the the just interest that you can have based upon their limited computer resources just to hear what it's got a PCI bus. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> now, and I always kind of faulted it for this. Um but it occurs to me there's not a single recognizable operating system in this movie. But it does occur to me that if they were hackers, they might all be running customized Linux skins. So, yeah, I might have killed my own argument did, there, but... They did a boom through before it was cool. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it, if you are much of a computer person, you will recognize that there's not a single Mac, PC, any kind of interface in there that you'll ever recognize. Uh, Joey's computer is recognized as... Being an, a Mac, a Mac operating system, it's got the old look that we remember from schools. Mm -hmm. But that would make sense since he's fledgling. He's, True. He's not yet become a major hacker, so he's got he's got a stock computer. Yeah, he he is not as we know, elite. Yes, he is not elite. Um, I always wanted to think that that was elite, but unfortunately, it is just elite. You know, I, I could hear hear either said in the movie, elite or elite. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's a fun little movie. I mean, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you know, <laughs> but before the end of it, you've experienced every emotion you can imagine. <laughs> oh, and, and let us not forget, um, was it, Razor and Blade? Yes. <laughs> there are these, there's like a hacker TV show, which I don't think it ever completely explains how they got it. Because, like, it just seems like it showed up by hacking airwaves to these people's houses or something yeah, yeah. like that. Um, Don't. If you say the name of the show, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> the show isn't called, indeed called, Hack the Planet. Hack the Planet! Hack the Planet! Um, and, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. It's like these two gay Japanese people in, like, just like in way too much makeup. One of them, I would argue, is dressed is painted like a geisha. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it's it's a whole interesting thing. Uh, they they're an interesting thing, and they're pretty much there uh, to afford the opportunity. Where at the end they need a uh, they need like a hacker army. So it seems like they created this hacker TV show to give like a a network of hackers that you can tap into. I would like to think that the founders of Anonymous sat down, watched this movie, and are like, fucking, we can do this. That's right. Some Foxy and Mass, and we're in. So. True. I mean, you know, I'm... And it's funny, because this movie influences so much further on. I mean, I'll keep it no secret. I think think that Anonymous is amazing, and everything that they do amazes me. Mm -hmm. I wish I was even a quarter of any type of hacker that they could be. But it's just, there's... There's no replacing, there's no replacing what this movie gives you the potential for. You look at it and you're like, "Wow, being a hacker could be fucking sweet." I can watch whatever mm-hmm. I want on TV. I can change my school schedule. Yeah. So it's it's a very it makes it can make a very big impact on you, especially if you're tech savvy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I could see where that move this movie does kind of plant the seeds for people to be interested in hacking in the first place, like, I hear about hackers, and honestly, I don't really see a point to it, you know, who wants to access fledgling, you know, who wants to access, like, not, uh, secure databases, like, to me, it's all like, oh, that stuff's just all full of data I don't really want, <laughs> um, but, you know, there's it, a, there's just this, there's this universal appeal to be able to say that um, I can I can see what you're doing, yeah, and it's it's just one of those things, I guess. I mean, for me, hacking would be more about fucking with people, mm-hmm. like just randomly put pictures on their desktops and stuff. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I have in uh, in my years growing up run into many people who have claimed to be hackers. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's got that friend who claimed that they hacked Yahoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or hacked their email account. Yep. Hacked the Matrix. I mean, <laughs> I rem- I had friends who claimed they could code in UR- and, um, URL, listen to me, who could code in... Um, Unix? No, H- H- HTTP. HTTP. Because they could put... HTML. Because they could put a picture on MySpace. It's like, yeah, I can do it. You have to slash image, slash description, and it's just like, you you guys are killing me. You're not <laughs> hacking anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's always fun you hear those people. Uh, I mean, I grew up with uh, my cousin Ryan, who was a very decent web programmer. Yes. Uh, and so, like, I had that to grow up with. My my dad is is currently and was when I was growing up a technician as well. He worked in IT field before. I mean, honestly, he he graduated from an electrician to a technician because there was a need for it. He, he's like, uh, he's like, well, electrician's good, but what do you think about these computer things? You think uh, kind of get your hand, head around that? And he's like, yeah, why not? And so, I mean, my dad just kind of fell into it. And yeah. So. It's always been an amusing movie, and as much as we're saying about the bad technology and all the like laughable this, that, and the other, it is a very entertaining movie. It, yes, like, yes. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. 
yeah, you, you can just sit there and you can watch it over and over again. And you have. Um, I would, uh, I, I would definitely, I would definitely say it's a movie worth going out of your way to find. Go to this replay. I picked up a copy for three dollars and thirty-three cents. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to do the same as well because I I know I own this movie, but Lord help me, I tried to look for it the other day, couldn't find <laughs> it. So I'm gonna buy another copy because a life without hackers is really not worth living. Absolutely, <laughs> but, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that that being said, hackers, I can't recommend it enough. It, it's a good film, and. It's it's definitely got its B qualities, whether you want to say it or not. I mean, a lot of times this podcast seems like it's a specifically horror podcast, and that's because so much of what B movies are ends up being with horror too. But I, I think it's important to realize that there's B movies in all walks of life, and Hackers is definitely one that's just much more comedic. And you know, yeah, you get the you get the horror nerds that. That say you know they they lay the they lay the, the smackdown mm-hmm. B movies that's our shit. I yeah. mean when you hear about a B movie uh, queen, mm-hmm. you're looking at someone who's done a ton of horror films. Yep, yeah. Uh, like um, uh, just Karen Black, mm-hmm. people like that. Those those are considered the queens of B movies. But I mean it's important to know that even with A list stars, which Hackers has, they weren't A list at the time. Even with A-list stars, though, you can easily make a B-movie. Yeah. I mean, and one of the, like, our website is bcastcult.com. That came about not because we were trying to start a cult around our podcast so much, but because, to me, B-movie and cult film are synonymous terms. Yeah. And so, like, you'll run into, like, your hackers, which has kind of a cult following, or, um... Another movie I love dearly, and we may get to eventually, is Dazed and Confused. And that's kind of got its own cult following, and it's not exactly a B-movie, but it's not necessarily not either, so. Um, But yeah, this... uh, Anyways. (laughs) But yeah, that's Hackers. um, But yeah, before we start Hackers Night, I saw you watching a movie that is a favorite of mine. Ah, yes. Um... Well, I don't know, favorite. It's one that I like a lot. I, there's way too many movies for me to really list favorites all that often. Yes, yes. I cannot get a favorite movie out of you to save my life. But um, you were watching Tales from the Dark Side. Um, and yeah, I didn't know anybody else even knew this movie existed. Oh, I love that movie. I've loved it for so long. Uh, so many shout-outs in that movie that you can see. Uh, there is a... Um, Basically, the premise of the movie is there's a central story with three wraparounds. The right. central story is a young Matthew Lawrence mm-hmm. is, uh, which, by the way, Matthew Lawrence, if you want to check out something awesome he's done, uh, the uh, Superhuman Cyber Samurai Squad. Amazing. Such a great show. But uh, I might have that wrong. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> the, the plot is he's basically locked up in a woman's kitchen mm-hmm. and she is preparing to cook him. Right. Uh, he delays, much like Shahrazad, by telling stories, and uh, three 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 stories get told. The first one is about a mummy, yep, which features a very young. Actually, there's three actors in it. Very three two actors and an actress. Very young, almost hard to recognize. You have Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Slater, right, and the ever amazing Steve Buscemi. Yep. Yep. 
the, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, the first story is a, uh, it's called Lot uh, 249. Mm-hmm. It is about a uh, mummy. And basically, Steve Buscemi's character is like some type of college professor or just a collector of the occult. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he gets this mummy in, and inside of the mummy is a scroll that can resurrect the dead. So Steve Buscemi has it murder the people that he feels have slighted him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most interesting thing about that is there's one point where one of the characters, Steve, is sleeping on the couch... Yeah. If you look very closely at the TV before it pans off, you can see a screen from uh, the amazingly talented George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> nice. It is the scene where um, the maintenance zombie is trying to crawl. I think it's Roger? The the blonde commando? I think Possibly. that... I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's the scene where the maintenance gen, uh, maintenance zombie is crawling on him and he stabs in the head with a uh, screwdriver. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, a lot of... I mean, you've got three up-and-coming actor, actors and actresses in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty good story overall. Uh, it, it, it's a little dated now. Like, it's probably not as scary as it could have been. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's that. it's an interesting little sideshow. And, I mean, this movie is on Netflix. Right. So anybody listening that has Netflix and hasn't seen this movie, I recommend checking it out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, now I mean to ask, I, I kind of remember the, the Mummy story that I have not seen this movie in a while. No, yeah. Um, and the one story, there's only one story that I remember very clearly about it, aside from the, the wraparound story. Um, mm-hmm. So the Mummy story, is this, is there a, a point at it where there's a girl who pretends to be the mummy's wife, or is that something else? I think you're thinking of something else. Um, I think that's a Tales from the Crypt episode, then. I don't, uh, since since I'm recommending this to everyone, and it's on Netflix, I don't want to give away, I don't want to give away the end, because there is kind of a neat little twist that's interesting, but um, no, not in this one. This one is just the mummy wrecking shop, getting revenge for what was done to him. Then the the next one I, I is not the one that I remember, but I do know it has something to do with a cat of some kind. Yeah, it is appropriately enough titled "A Cat from Hell." Okay, and features none other than our very own apartment cat Gaz. <laughs> nice. Um, it, it's it's about a um, millionaire shut in who uh, created a drug mm-hmm. that needed to. Um, Something that they needed for the drug came directly from testing on cats. Okay. And he admits that at some point, him and his firm had killed over 5,000 cats. So a demon cat is sent to haunt him. Um, it, he, at first, he lives there with his sister, one of her friends, and uh, himself. Mm-hmm. And the sister gets killed by the cat. And um, <laughs> interesting enough... He hires an assassin to come kill the cat. Okay. Played by none other than Buster Keaton. Nice. Uh, which some pe- if somebody out there recognizes this, mad props. Buster Keaton had a had a singing career. Like, uh, is that you, Santa Claus? <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember. So yeah, um, he he's in there as an assassin that's hired to kill this cat. Uh, it, it's 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 a pretty interesting story. It kind of harkens into the vein of. Um, Kind of like a pet cemetery thing. Okay. It kind of feels like that for me. But uh, another interesting movie scene in there. Uh, Buster Keaton's waiting in a room for the cat to come in. And in the background, you can see a mm-hmm. show playing, which is George Romero's Martin. 
Okay. Yeah, so there's there, there's a lot of shout-outs to him because he, of course, did... People consider Tales from the Dark Side to be the spiritual Creepshow 3. Okay. Since it never happened, they consider this to be that, so... But yeah, basically, it's about a demon cat from hell. What else is there that you could want? Pretty good. Exactly, I, yeah. it definitely worth checking out. The ending is disgusting. Fantastic. So watch Nice. It. And the, there is, of course, the third one, which is the one that I remember always. And it's about this little gargoyle that uh, happens upon this artist once upon a time. Yep. Do you um, remember the name of it? No, I do not. Now, this is only because I just watched it, but it's The Lover's Vow. Um, yeah, um, I don't remember all the details, uh, my, here's my, my, uh, my pure memory of it, and you can correct anything I don't remember properly, uh, Gargoyle comes to the artist, he was gonna kill him, but for some reason he chooses not to, um, and says they'll spare his life so long as he never tells anybody what he saw, um, and then he goes on to uh, live a normal life for about ten years, meets a woman, gets married, has kids. Um, but somewhere along the line, he decides that he trusts his wife so much that he wants to share this with her. And, you know, well, you find out when you what happens when you break a promise to kind of demon, more or less. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a, that, that was a, just, like, it's a... The the gargoyle. I mean, I looks. It looks. I was watching that with you just recently. Uh, it looks kind of cheesy by right, today's right. standards, but it always stuck with me for some reason. But or interestingly enough, though, that movie was made in 1990. Really? So I mean, if you look at it, that movie's now uh, 22 years old. Yep. And that that's not that's not horrible. It's it's one of the kind of better prosthetic jobs I've seen. When it tries to talk, it looks really cheap. Yeah. But I mean, aside from that, it's it's fairly decent. But yes, Tales from the Dark Side. Very good. And then, of course, we uh, after that point, you have the conclusion of the wraparound story. Right, right. Which is fairly entertaining. Yeah, yeah. The, the wraparound story is quite nice. Um, I, I like the, you know, there's, there's, they do that in all kinds of movies, but I, I like the one in this one quite a bit as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then... Uh, I was looking it up on IMDb earlier, and it was saying Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. To your knowledge, was there ever, like, a TV series or, like, a comic series based on it? Or? Ah, to my knowledge, no. I, no, I mean, it, it, as far as the TV series goes, that's kind of tough, because it could have been... I mean, it's one of those things where it easily could have been, like, an old DC not uh, comic book. Yeah. That was Tales from the Dark Side and this, but um, as far as I know, no, it wasn't a TV series. If if we're wrong, correct us. That's why we have comments, people. Yeah, yeah. So no real clue as to whether or not there's actually a TV show for that. But um, as you pointed out, it could have easily been uh, it could have been you know a continuation of any kind of a Tales from the Crypt or the something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, and one last movie that has been brought back to brought back up for uh, recently. For many different reasons, but um, it's one that you and I have both seen for the most part. Um, there's a movie called Megan is Missing. Yes, yes. Now, if anybody's out there who wants to watch this movie, uh, it is on Netflix streaming, and um, it is 
it's a pretty disturbing little horror film. Um, now you'll start watching it, and you will just think you're watching like an after-school special. It's yes. it's not filmed very fancily. It is about like there's two 14-year-old girls, one of whom is kind of sexually promiscuous and uh, just kind of not living her life right and all kinds of stuff. And then the other one's way more innocent, but she's best friends with the the, the girl who's the girl Megan, who's uh, not getting, not living her life quite right, and right. And it's the story of uh, how Megan gets kidnapped and goes missing, and uh, her friend Amy, I believe it is, tries to look after her and falls a file, uh, runs afoul of the the man who indeed kidnapped Megan. Yes, and it's 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 just kind of like a you know don't talk to strangers, don't give out your information on the internet kind of a movie, up until the very end where um, the last thing we see is uncut footage from Amy's camera of her being kept in this guy's basement in what looks kind of like a dungeon. Uh, you there's some insinuated rape, uh, and then there's just some disturbing gore, and, like, you don't actually see a whole lot, except for there's, like, a scene where you see Megan's body. Yes. Uh, I guess, kind of spoilers, there's a reason Megan is missing. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, but the stuff that you're, you know, it, the stuff that you see is enough to get your mind going, and it's just really disturbing. Um, now, I came across this movie... Uh, I, there's a comic show that I went to, and this girl that I ended up talking to at the comic show told me about it. This girl later on turned out to be kind of uh, a little bit off-center. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, we were pretty, we were pretty friendly for a while, but uh, she 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 came to the conclusion that I was stalking her on a social network by just, you know, using the social network the way it's intended in the first place. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, all things come... Yeah, I, I watched this movie, and it's just... It's pretty disturbing. Um, I told you about it. You ended up watching it. Um, you, you have any thoughts on this movie, or...? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the first... The first part of the movie, like you say, is just like... It's it's webcam footage mm -hmm. that you can tell it's just two girls chatting back and forth. They dance on the camera, blah blah blah. Um, it it just seems kind of it's you don't know what you're getting into with it. It's it's shot in the I want to call it mockumentary style. Okay, yeah, not, yeah. not so much mockumentary like we're we're making fun of something, but they're acting like this is all serious footage, a la Blair Witch. Yeah, I, I, it's often referred to as the uh, the found footage genre. Found footage genre. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, very interesting. The ending is downright grotesque. I, uh, I couldn't a, imagine anything worse than what happens. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely one worth checking out. Yeah. And... Um, I've read some reviews and uh, I've heard I've seen, seen people say that this is like a must uh, must see movie for parents just to know what to prepare your children for and yeah I can see that it's scary to think that that's something that like you know you have to consider a must see it's like this is what you need to warn your children of I think this is an excess of what you need to warn your children about but still I mean I, I guess it makes a good point 
you know. Yeah, I mean, well, look at forefront in the news right now is um, the girl out of uh, Canada. Oh, um, Amanda. The last name is escaping me right now. This, this is the the girl who committed suicide. The girl that committed suicide after being stalked online. Yeah. Um, if if you're not familiar with this story, I, I just know it uh, secondhand. Secondhand myself, but it's um, apparently this girl was uh, was talked into flashing her breasts on a webcam to some stranger, and uh, she did. And the picture got kind of put out everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think the guy that took it had said, like, you know, do something a little bit more or this is going yeah, to go to your family. Yeah, give me a show or it goes to everyone. And, and he, uh, he, made, he made good on that, uh, that threat. Um, and so uh, apparently it really negatively affected her life and she eventually had to move and, like, committed suicide because of all the pressure she felt she was under. Yes. So, I mean, these kind of things do happen. It is worth noting that, you know, it's, you should be careful. Right, you never know who's on the other side of something. Um, but yeah, th if for no other reason than the, the movie just, this movie draws the point home so, so gruesomely, um, and, and it's just, it's kind of like a bait-and-switch. Like, you just don't expect anything that bad to happen in this movie with the way it starts. Right, right. Right, like, you Completely know... Completely catches you off guard. So, yeah, when stuff actually starts... Like, you know, I was expecting it because I was told this is what happens. And, you know, if you watch this movie, you'll, of course, be expecting it, too. But if anybody would have just watched this movie on their own accord and uh, have the twist come up, I could see them being dumbfounded. Um, so, I mean, it's honestly, I don't know if anybody out there has ever seen them, but there are, there are commercials they've made in different countries or even here about the dangers of texting, the dangers <laughs> of drinking and driving that are pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a simple internet search will show you those. Um, but this movie almost seems like an hour and what, 15, 30 minutes? Yeah, something like uh, that. Like an hour and a half commercial for, you know, don't don't trust, be uh, be ever vigilant, you know. Yeah. To quote Mad-Eye Moody, constant vigilance. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and, and the big, the story thing here is that, like, the, this guy is supposed to be some, like, teenager surfer guy, um, but he, he makes an excuse, he makes a couple of different excuses for why his webcam doesn't work so that they can't see him personally, they just right. have to rely on an image he showed them. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's, a. Uh, I mean, I, I, for one, I have actually done internet dating. Um, I've, you know, met girlfriends that way. The thing is just to be careful. Don't, don't meet, and I don't want this podcast to turn into a PDA or anything like that, but. Hey, when you listen to the, when you listen to the B-Cast, you learn things. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, if you're going to mess around with people online, just be careful. Like, if you're going to meet somebody do it publicly as possible. Right. And, you know, don't be afraid to get the fuck out if you don't like what you see. Uh, <laughs> it's, but, yeah, so, I mean, as far as movies go, it, it's a good shock, shock value movie. It will, I mean, one of the things that I like in horror movies anymore is, like, something that will actually kind of scare me. And this, this is something that does it just because it shocks you so much. It kind of, right. like, it, it, 
almost the point some days where, like, to get somebody to be actually scared by a movie, you almost have to hit them over the head with a sledgehammer. And this is kind of like the, the emotional equivalent of that. It's just kind of like, it lulls you into, like, a sense of safety or something, and then it just hits you over the head real hard. I mean, the craziest thing about it is this movie, there's precedence. This shit has happened. Yeah. And yeah. it's easy to just think, fuck, what if that was me? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, so definitely, definitely. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, it, it's it's a powerful film, and it's it's worth at least one time watch. Um, right. Megan is missing. Uh, so, yeah, we have um, this last Friday, I went and saw Harley Poe in concert, and uh, afterwards I hung out with Joe... Joe Whitford, uh, for about an hour or so afterwards, I, and this is one of the reasons this movie came up, uh, we got to talking about kind of messed up horror films, and I, I mentioned this one to him, and it's one he hadn't heard of before. Um, so yes, we still have our Joe Whitford, Harley Poe episode coming up. Um, I talked to him on Friday, he had some good ideas for movies he wanted to watch, um, he seemed pretty excited about it, and he was asking me if the other members of the band, Christian, Wes, you know, if they could come along. And I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion, more the merrier. Um, these people are married, they have children, they they have lives, so the details are still in the works and getting uh, confirmed and such, but I'm pretty excited that possibly next week we will be recording our Harley Poe episode um, watching some movies that Joe has chosen and uh, just getting to sit down and talk about them for a while. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about that. So, there's that we've got coming up. And, uh... The Return of Mal. Yeah, The Return of Mal, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully Mal will be feeling better by next week when we can get her back on here. Uh, my friend William wants to come along and, uh be on the episode with Joe Whitford as well, so there's that that's possibly coming up. Um, and, yeah, uh, we have our webca website, thebcastcult.com, and we have the Bcast with Mike and Mal on Facebook. Uh, just, you know, uh, comment on the website, on the Facebook page. Uh, if you like having Jeff on here, let's hear it. Let's let's see if we can get some more on here. If you... You know, if you're upset that we have done a non-horror film, let us know. Uh, we may or may not listen to you, but we do appreciate your feedback. Um, you know, more uh, more, more. We, uh, we make this show because it's fun for us to do, but, you know, we want the audience to enjoy it as well. So, you know, right, let's... Right. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, any kind of ideas, you know. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, so on that note, well, here, here let me, um, have you watched the new, uh, Evil Dead trailer? Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, actually. It's, uh, it looks uh, super gory and amazing. Yeah, I, I hear that they're actually giving it the kind of big movie feel. Mm -hmm. they're, they're making this one legit. Now, don't get me wrong, Sam Raimi's incredibly talented, and he took what was, from what I hear, it was a very grueling shoot for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. um, so he took he took that and somehow wrangled it into one of the most iconic movies of the B-horror genre. Um, instantly recognizable. Made Bruce Campbell a huge star. Yep. And uh, it's... It, but yeah, this new one is big time. 
Um, well, from what I've heard, and I was, this is a, partially with my conversation from the guys from Harley Poe, Christian and Joe specifically, uh, on Friday, we were talking about, uh, the new, the new Evil Dead trailer, and, uh, they, they had mentioned that Sam Raimi apparently has been pretty hands-on with the whole process, and so has Bruce Campbell. I guess they're both, uh, producers on the show. That's a good thing. Um, and, like, uh, Joe was saying that there's scene in, like, the, the preview where, like, all these old movies had Sam Raimi's old car in it. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a scene in the trailer that showed the car. And they were mentioning that, like, maybe that meant, and I don't know if this is what they're actually doing, but if it is, it is actually kind of cool. Maybe that car has just been there and it's been abandoned. And so what this is is just another movie like, because there's no ash in this one, and I've heard there's a lot of yes. people complaining about that, but, but what, I mean, what it's, what that could mean is that, you know, the, the, the previous events with ash and everybody have happened, and that car is still out there because of that, and there's just another person finding this cabin in the woods, and being stupid enough to release the evil again. Now, the, with the car, I remember at one point they drive to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Now, they did, yeah, they ended up taking it back, they had to. I couldn't remember if they took it back from the bridge or if it got left out there. But they might have left it out there. Um, they made it sound like maybe the car was just sitting abandoned in the woods somewhere. Or it could be back at the cabin. But either way, because of the way things happened, the car didn't get... Uh, maybe well, the car is a demon. Or Well, uh, <laughs> this would actually have to discount the uh, some of the actions of the third movie. Because the car did actually go yeah, back in time. Too. Um, yeah, but I could see where they might discount that because the third movie is kind of silly, and uh, yeah, very tongue in cheek. So, but um, yeah, it, so that that's out there now. Um, there was a bootleg a couple weeks ago I talked about, but yeah, if you get a chance, go and go and watch the Red Band Evil the Evil Dead trailer. It looks gory and disturbing as hell, and. You know, as as a longtime fan of Evil Dead, I for one think it looks worth checking out. I think it's going to be an enjoyable film. Um, I think that's March of next year that's coming out. But yeah, check out the trailer now. Um, but yeah, unless there's anything else going on, I think that's probably going to be our episode for this week. So um, thanks, Jeff, for joining. Uh, I, I appreciate it. You know, you're welcome. I don't know, I don't want to think about how this show would be like if it was just me by myself. Uh, we wouldn't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, for, so I'm Mike, and this is... Jeff, Jeff, closing out. Yep, have a good week, guys.